Welcome to the Woman Unleashed podcast. I am your host and coach, Kelly Kristen, and my mission is to have every woman know her worth, speak her truth, and unleash the fierce feminine power within to live life in full expression. If you are wanting to experience more joy, pleasure, deeper connection to your femininity, sensuality, and spirituality, you are in the right place. This podcast will give you the tools and guidance you need to transform yourself and life from the inside out. I am so happy to have you here. Now, get ready to unleash. Hello, sisters. Oh my gosh, I am so, so, so excited for today's episode. Um, One, because this is a topic today that I just absolutely freaking love because we're getting super witchy and super just talking about all of these taboo topics. And I'm really digging that lately, you guys. Like I'm really digging just talking about things that I feel like people are still afraid to talk about, pushing my boundaries of what I say about myself and the other women that are coming on the podcast. And I'm just, I'm absolutely freaking loving it. So today on the podcast, we actually have a beautiful woman named Alexandria Moran. And she is a psychic witch, the co-creator of Witch and Womb, which is an online community of women um, that are looking to inspire their inner witch, wake up their womb magic, uh, find their authentic power, and activate the divine feminine. You guys know that this, all of this is my jam, right? Finding the divine feminine. And I know if you are here and you're into the Woman Unleashed podcast, you are going to be into this episode today. So I'm so freaking excited. That's number one. Number two is, have you gotten The Call to Rise yet? Have you gotten your copy of my book, The Call to Rise? The um, feedback that I've been getting on this book is just absolutely amazing. And I would love for you to experience, for just a few dollars, you can get literally my entire transformation process of how I work with my one-to-one clients that are thousands of thousands of dollars to work with me, right? So if you are at all interested in what I do and what I talk about on this podcast, you're going to want to grab that book on Amazon, of course. All of that's linked up in the show notes. And of course, I have some great stuff with Alexandra linked up in the show notes. And sisters, you know, if you love this episode, and nothing means more to me than when you share it, you share it with your friends, you share it with another woman that needs to hear this, you let me know that you're listening. I love it all so, so much. And I thank you so much for being here. And without any further ado, here is today's episode. Hello, sisters. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so, so excited to be sitting here with the lovely witchy goddess, Alexandria Moran. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. And I'm so excited because we are getting into a topic that we have certainly danced around a little bit on this podcast, and we're going to get into it in a different way today. And what we're really talking about is being a witch and what that really means. And I love for Alex, for you to share with us what being a witch really means in these modern times, because that is a word that has such a powerful connotation, negative or positive, different people feel very differently about it. But either way, it just, it conjures up so much emotions and feelings and there's always a charge around it. So I'd love for you to kind of dissect what it even really means to be a witch um, and how you came into owning that within yourself, how you came into owning the fact that I'm a witch sitting here and I don't care who knows it. And I'm just going to tell the whole world because I think that is so incredibly powerful. So I know it's a bit of a loaded question and can go in a lot of different directions, but I'm going to leave you with that and see where it goes. (laughs) Yeah. um, Those are some big questions. Um, 
being a witch in my definition of it is really just a woman who is in her power, who is empowered and um, really, really lives her life from an authentic place. So not from a wounded place, not from shame, not from fear, not from trying to fit into a box that society has you know, put forth for us to fit into, but allows herself to break out of that box because that's what's authentic for her. And, and it's funny because it's so trendy right now to be called a witch and to, you know, be into witchcraft and whatnot. And I think that when people, when, especially when women really connect with what their authentic true nature is, that's what makes them a witch. So in my mind, it's basically every woman in her power, right. which is very different from a lot of more traditional definitions of what a witch is. You know, there's like you're Wiccan or you're a certain kind of witch, like you're a hedge witch or an herbal witch, or you have some kind of specialty. And it, it feels like a lot of times we try to even box ourselves in with right. these definitions of what a witch is. And I like to say just like screw it to all of that because being a witch is so much more than a definition of yourself. I think it's actually the anti-definition that makes you a witch because you change. We're women, right? We shift, right. we change, we move. We're, we have that divine feminine energy moving through us. We have to have the flexibility to change up what our definition of ourselves is as it's, as it's appropriate. Right. And I think that is so incredibly refreshing because it is, it is one of those things I know I found on my own path because I'm somebody who really likes to dive into so many different things and have so many different interests. And I know a lot of people feel the same way where it's like, well, am I a witch? I don't know. You know, I do things that are, you know, quote unquote witchy. I cast my little spells, but isn't every manifestation witchcraft, Absolutely. right? So I started sort of asking these questions and I do see that kind of within, you know, the Wiccan community. It's like, well, you're not a witch unless you do this or you're not this unless you do that. So I love your perspective. But I also think that owning the word witch is, is a choice. And I'd love to know, like, and you're like, what got you to that choice? Whew, that just gave me chills as he said that because the word witch is so charged with yes. so much history, so much taboo, so much judgment. I mean, as women, most of us, even if we didn't ever identify as a witch in like previous lifetimes, could have been burned, could have been tortured, could right. have been killed, or had loved ones killed because of this idea of she's a witch, she works for the devil, this whole idea of any woman who dares to say anything against authority, against the status quo, against what's right or wrong in the world, anything like that, you would be labeled as a witch. So even if you don't identify as a witch, I believe that most women have that scar on their souls where right. they've experienced that pain of what I like to call is the witch wound, which is the wound of being labeled something that you're not or being misinterpreted or misunderstood or um, really being put down for standing up for what's right in the world, which then bred generations of women who stayed in their place, right. who kept their mouth shut, who did what their husbands told them to do, you know, and just stayed at home until we got to a point in this last century where we we're like, fuck it, we're not doing that anymore, right? right? And I think that's been really the revival of us facing the witch wound and yeah. healing that, you know? And that's why I think when we step into that place of being empowered, we are becoming those witches. We are becoming the people that so much of society, patriarchy, whatever you want to call it, has been trying to push down on us and, you know, prevent us from actually stepping into our true power. So yes, it's super loaded. And that's why it's so intense when somebody actually comes out and says, I am a witch. Like that's mm -hmm. what I am. And for my own journey, very interesting. I grew up very Christian, <laughs> very Christian. So I grew up with like these ideologies of, um, if you are into tarot or, you know, even just like making wishes, you know, like little simple things that that is demonic activity. That is you mm. in cohorts with the devil. And so it was always really bad and scary. But at the same time, I'm actually a psychic as well. And I have been a psychic for the longest time since as long as I can remember. So I have two different like thought processes happening where I'm like, this is my own intuition and my own um, 
authentic understanding of how the world works. I can see certain energies. I can understand certain things that other people can't. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I have this Christian, you know, hammer coming down on me of that's, that makes you a really, really bad person. So my struggle throughout my whole life was, am I a good person because I have these, because I see these things or can I trust my own intuition? Is that something that is, you know, appropriate or even acceptable in our society? Um, And so my whole life, I struggled with that back and forth. And I think a lot of people who end up claiming the word witch end up kind of coming against those same sort of um, blocks. And I think I just got to the point where I was like sick of it. Like I was just sick of being somebody else. I was sick of, Mm -hmm. um, I was sick of living my life for what society wanted from me. And I started to have these very strong psychic experiences that I couldn't ignore and started going down a more spiritual path. And that slowly over like probably seven or eight years got me to the place where I could say, yeah, hell yeah, I'm a witch. I'm a psychic. I see things, you know, I'm connected in ways that might be scary to other people, but it's really my true authentic nature. And the more I embraced that, the happier and more satisfied I was. And really my inner demons started to go away because I was actually embracing who I really was. Right. That's so beautiful. Oh, such a powerful journey. Right. And I think it's interesting because, you know, so many people that do end up on this path come from, you know, maybe a very strict, like you can't be this. And it really is that total reclamation of self that is like doing that in your life. I think that there's anything more powerful than, you know, saying, I know this is within me and I know this is something that I have to follow, but choosing it to follow is something that not a lot of people do. So I really just want to take a second and honor you for that choice because it is so powerful and so many people are so afraid of it. And I know when I've spoken to people, and work with people about really cultivating that inner power. So many people are afraid of it. And especially before when you were talking about the witch wound, um, I do see that a lot, you know, obviously with this idea that we, maybe not you, but probably you, but somebody in your ancestral line had to keep quiet or they would have been killed if they were not killed, right? And that to me really is like that witch wound of like, you are not allowed to be who you are. You are not allowed to show your power. You can't have it because it's dangerous. So I'd love to know for you working in the perspective that you do in witchcraft and working with the ancestral healing and, and how that all works for you in your path. So like I said, um, <laughs> I like the witch journey was really forced upon me, but I think that's with everybody. I think we get to a certain part in our lives where we cannot continue living a lie. We just yeah. can't. And life, karma, the universe, God, goddess, whoever you want to say that, that divine force comes in and starts to intervene and create circumstances where you're really forced to like look at your own truth. And for me, um, mine was very much my ancestry. Um, and interestingly enough, my mother was somebody who suffered with uh, borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And she was very, um, very abusive to us growing up, very psychotic, um, just a really tumultuous childhood. But that had also been in her mother and her mother and her mother. And it happened to be this thing that I started to notice in my ancestry, in my lineage on the maternal side. Yeah. And I knew that growing up, but it was almost more like, oh, my family's crazy. Like that was what I chalked it up to. But as I started to get more into my spirituality and, um, and witchcraft and really starting to own who I am and my psychic gifts, I started to actually see that these were scars and remnants, um, like really psychological scars from having years of gifted, like having gifts of like psychic sight and oracle and, and speaking and saying that and being the healers of, um, of the village. And then somebody dies and then, you know, it's a witch hunt because you're the reason they died and it wasn't because of smallpox or, you know, <laughs> or the measles or whatnot. And so when I started to do my own um, spiritual work of looking into my um, ancestry and my lineage, I started to see that this witch wound was rampant in my line. Yeah. And I think anybody who has spiritual gifts now, um, I encourage them to look at what that is in their ancestry because there are for sure going to be, you know, uh, great, great, great grandmothers that suffered and aunts and, you know, uh, family members that suffered because of their gifts. And then we were taught to shut them down. 
And then that was passed on. And the shutting down of, of any kind of spiritual gift is psychological torture. And right. then that gets twisted and worked into mental illness. And that's what happened in my family. Wow. And I love that you kind of brought it there because this is something um, I actually started. I used to be a psychiatric nurse um, okay. many years ago. And I remember thinking and dealing with patients. I'm like, are they really crazy? Or are they seeing something that I can't see? Do they know something that I don't know? Are they tapped in in a different way? And of course, you know, allopathic medicine, Western medicine looks at it like, no, let's just, you know, pop up on some pills because they're insane. They don't know what they're talking about. But especially after I started, you know, going down my own spiritual path, I really feel that so much of what we call mental illness is people that don't know how to deal with, you know, maybe they do have a psychic ability that they can't understand and they don't have anybody that works with them with it. Or, you know, we have so many different feelings and emotions that we just don't know how to process because we're never taught that. And the next thing you know, you know, they're giving them lithium and, mm -hmm. and <laughs> and literally poisoning them. So it's this whole, whole big mess. But um, that feels like a tangent, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> that's all this crazy topic. Uh, yeah. But I would love to know, so when you're getting into the ancestral work and you're looking and you're seeing, and maybe there's, I'm sure there's people listening in right now that are like, ding, ding, ding. Wow. Maybe I never thought of this in my line. And I feel like I'm the person here now, because obviously if you're listening to us speak, like you're the person here now doing the work, right? Like you're the one that is changing it all. You're the one here to shift it and to move it. So like, where do you start? Oh, such a good, good question. That's, it's different for every person. Um, but I think that there's a couple fundamental things that have to happen as you start this journey. Um, one of the reasons my business is called Witch and Womb is I believe that you can't just have connection to the higher chakras, to that witchy self, to the, um, to the clairvoyant part of yourself, that mm -hmm. we also need to connect to our womb spaces because they're so intricately connected. And if you think about the lineage, what happens in lineage is that energy is stored in your womb space. Yeah. So I was in my mom's womb when she was in her mother's womb. Oh, think wow. about that for a second. So I was an egg in my mother's ovaries while she was a fetus in her mother's Wow, ovaries. I've never thought about that. That is such a powerful understanding. And if you think about just how energy affects us just regularly, yeah. our grandmothers were going through in their pregnancy and delivery gets translated into us. And so right. that's a very like visceral, like real connection. And that's yeah. not energetic. That's like DNA, right? right? But you take it to the next level, which is D which is um, like spiritual and energetic that I really think that all lineage healing actually starts in the womb space. When we actively connect to our wombs, the womb and the uh, third eye are like they're yeah. like little elevators, yeah. like they're connected to each other. And that's where I found a lot of my clients and friends and the people that I really care about have been able to unlock some of the deepest traumas that didn't happen to them, didn't happen to their mother or their grandmother, but we're talking like way back in time that they could unlock that and heal it all through the power of the womb. The womb's like a portal, which is just yeah. crazy through your ancestry. So I think really connecting with the womb space is the first step for exploring anything on the ancestry line. And can you give us maybe a way that somebody could start connecting to the womb space if they haven't before? So it's, there's so many different ways. Um, let me just tune in for a second. One of the best ways we can connect is just considering how we treat menstruation and our menstrual cycle. Yes. That gives you a lot of um, insight on how connected you are to your womb space. So before I started doing this work, my menstrual cycle was a burden. It was annoying. It was something I had to get through. It was just like, oh, I can't believe I have to do this. I can't wait till menopause. Like, you know. <laughs> like, why do I have to bleed every month? <laughs> yes. Like resentment, you yeah. know. And like, I'd always get very irritated. And I was, I'm, I was really lucky. I didn't have any menstrual issues. Like a lot of women suffer with PCOS and other mm -hmm. kinds of things. And that makes it even more difficult to connect. But how do you connect with your womb space? When you bleed, is it a sacred time for you? Is it a time where your blood actually is a gateway into your greater psychic senses? I mean, there's a reason why when 
we lead, we want to go within, we want to withdraw, yeah. we want to, you know, we want to just close the doors and watch Netflix and cuddle on the couch, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a calling, it's an inner calling to connect with ourselves and to connect with our ancestry. So I think first really unpacking what your cycle is to you and how you treat it, if it's something sacred or if it's something that's a burden and work through those feelings and those reasons. And then when you get to a point where you actually can connect and you can see it as a sacred experience to do so, to create some ritual for yourself during your bleed time, you know, like I like to turn off my phone and, and social media and really just have some time to myself. So I'm not energetically connected to other people, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes I even kick my husband out. I'm like, go figure out something to do for two days, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> while I'm at my heaviest, like while I'm bleeding. Um, so yeah, I think that's like a really great place to start. Um, and then there's so many different beautiful practices of womb healing that you can get, you can connect with. But I just noticed that the moment I connect to my womb space, my psychic abilities open up and everything starts to, I, like I start to get answers to things that maybe I was struggling with or yeah. decisions or whatnot. So I think that's a good place to start. I agree so much with this. I actually just released a book and have an entire section like dedicated to this process because I feel that it is so important and so powerful because to me it's it's really like a reclamation of being a woman like you know the patriarchal structures and sort of ideas around periods that we have where it's like oh that's disgusting that's gross or like let's plug it up with a scented tampon you know like let's hide the tampons in little packages and discreetly and it's like no i want to tell the world like i'm bleeding i'm powerful <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's yeah. very witty of you <laughs> and, and it's funny because i do feel like the process of me really reclaiming my period my cycle my bleed and like getting into different blood rituals has been what I feel has connected me to that inner feeling of the witch of being like, Oh wow. I'm like mysterious and powerful. <laughs> totally. And that's like really suppressed in our society. I mean, yes. like if you think about any woman who's really connected to her power, to her blood, to her sexuality, yes. she's either a whore or an enchantress, or mm -hmm. there's some sort of negative connotation attached to her. And that's part of being a witch too, is really embodying that, that divine feminine self. Like I like to think of the womb space as your inner cauldron what you yeah. put in and what you stir in your cauldron is what manifests in your life. And if you have trauma and pain and anger and resentment and, you know, upset, and that's what you're constantly stirring in your womb space, that's what your life is going to end up looking like. And those are the lessons that you're going to have to come face to face with. And a lot of that is stored ancestry right. you know, issues. So I think doing womb healing and connecting to the womb space is such a powerful way to clear, to heal, not just for yourself, but for your, you can heal your mother, you can heal your grandmother, you can heal all the way back to the beginning of time um, by doing the work in the womb because it is like a, it's like a portal, it's a time-space right. portal and you can do such amazing work through that. So I love that you wrote a book about that, that's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, it was, a, it was interesting because I remember even myself going through some of my own rituals that I do with my blood, I was really nervous and I, and I think I even wrote that in the book, like I'm afraid to share this right now because there still is some of that lingering like, oh, this isn't really mainstream. It's not really normal. Am I, you know, can I say this and have whoever read it? What are they going to think about me? Um, those kind of thoughts that I feel like any woman that is really stepping into her power, like goes through, totally. you know, like, and especially like you, okay. Because, you know, just looking at the way that you present yourself on social media and, and the articles that you write and by the way, guys, like she has so much good information on her website, so many articles and so many things you can get into, but have you, you know, had to work through that fear for yourself? And what did that really look like for you? Absolutely. I remember, um, even this was pretty recent, like maybe a couple years ago, um, I was part of a witch group where some of the women were really embracing the blood magic and mm -hmm. what that meant with their menstruation. And one woman posted um, a photo of herself where she painted her face with her wow. menstruation. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was creeped out. I was scared. <laughs> I was like weirded out. Like, I was just like, oh my God. And 
it was interesting because the next moment I was like, why does this bother me so much? Like if mm. it was like, if it was like my spit or like boogers or something, like I wouldn't be, have these feelings. Right. But I have these feelings about menstrual blood. Like what is that about? Like this idea that it's dirty or it's toxic or something, you know, and yeah. that, um, that really made me come face to face with my own issues around menstruation. At that point, I thought I had done really well. Like I was doing a lot of wound healing and stuff. So I think whenever we get triggered by something and we see something that like is off putting, it's always good to just sit in question and sit with those feelings of why does this bother me so much? And that's kind of what I did with, um, with, with that instance. I totally forgot your question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, I love that though, because I had a similar experience. We'll get back to my question. Okay. But I did have a similar experience. I remember the first time that woman told me that she collected her blood and gave it back to the earth. And I was like, what is this crazy bitch talking about? <laughs> like, I would never do that. That's so insane. And right? I was like, why? Like, I couldn't even understand why somebody would do that. You know, <laughs> and it wasn't until a few years later that I was like, oh, she was right. Like, yeah. that's great. I love that. I love connecting to myself in that way. I love, you know, saying a little blessing and feeding my plants. And yep. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing. But yeah, that first time I was just like, there's something really wrong with this person. And yeah, and I think it's, it, it is important to like feel that trigger and go, okay, well, like really why? And I also think too, and this might be gross, but like, I just want to say it. Um, <laughs> <Do> it. <laughs> so we're just going to go there go. because I'm just going there today. You know, I think about it like this way. If you're, you know, say you're in a relationship or whatever, and you know, say you're like drinking your man's, um, ejaculation. And that's something that happens all of the time. And we're not like, Oh my God, that's so disgusting. How did that ever happen? But it's like, you know, your, your period, your blood is so sacred and beautiful. And it's like this process that your body goes through. That's literally magic. And you're going to be like, Oh God. Ugh. Right. It's just, yeah so twisted and that's all that is is patriarchal conditioning so i just it, like to throw that out there i, I love that you said that because i would put a, an experiment out to all the women listening go outside collect your menstruation collect ejaculation pour it on plants and see which one actually creates life yes <laughs> okay because doing something like that you'll start to see like whoa like yes. what what we have in our bodies like that's this womb space is just so freaking magical that first of all it creates life right like that is what the womb does on a physical level and and then it feeds life and nourishes life with you, you know, feed your plants. This is yes. like, we're talking about real God stuff. This is God-like stuff. So right. no wonder patriarchy is like so threatened by right. women. Right. <laughs> we, we are the deities, right? We are the gatekeepers. Exactly. So, yeah. And that's why I always say that too. It's like, we would never have been made to feel small, never have been put down, never have to have been oppressed if we weren't incredibly powerful. And totally. it's like coming to that realization and really like these aspects that have tried to be shamed for so long, we have to like really look at that, right? Like when it comes to bleeding, that's one that society shames. When it comes to our sexuality, mm -hmm. how much shame do women have around sexuality all because of patriarchal conditioning? That is it. Yeah. Like what if that never existed? Then what, right? Yeah. And those be? things are here because we're so powerful that like they're, they were literally afraid of it. Yeah, and just think like you, we have this collection, this collective of women who are so powerful. What would society have to do to us to get us to the place where we are so afraid to even speak up like in a business meeting or right. something like what kind of traumas have we endured as just women in general in our ancestry in our history in our history of trauma to get us to a place where we could be silenced when we used to be so powerful and we knew our power and i think when we start to think about like wow like some shit had to really go down over yeah. and over and over and over again because as women you know we're strong we don't give up just at the first hit like we had to have been brought to our knees as yeah. a collective and that carries with it a lot of emotional scars a lot of psychological scars a lot of spiritual scars which nobody really talks about that's more like that psychic the energetic scars that show up in our lives that we have to honor that and understand that that it's not just as simple as yeah i'm in my power now everything's like so easy <laughs> i mean if it, if it was that easy like we wouldn't have like multi-million dollar self-help you know <laughs> industry <laughs> right. It's like, oh, I decided to like reclaim yeah. my power now. Yay! <laughs> what, like it's hard? You know, legally blonde style? 
<laughs> you know, but it's not, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal to step in your power. And that's why, you know, claiming yourself as a witch is a really big deal too. And that's where I got to the point of where I was just like, I'm done playing the patriarchy game. I'm done playing, you know, the religion game. I'm done playing my parents' game, my yeah. society's game, Southern California's game. Like I'm just done. I'm going to just show up and be me. And if it's accepted, awesome. If it's not, I don't really give a fuck anymore. Like I have the close people that I have in my life and that's, and that know who I am and that's it. And it's funny, this is where the paradox is. The moment you actually make those decisions, you know, and you have that energetic shift, all of a sudden the world comes and supports you in it. Yeah. And that's what happened with Witch and Moon for me because I just started that a year ago. Mm. And, um, and like, I was just like, okay, this is like so scary. Like kind of what you're saying with your book. It's like, okay, I'm a witch guys. <laughs> Hold on. It's going to be cray cray. You know? And, um, no, and I just, I was able to attract and collect like these women that are also experiencing very similar things where they're like, you know, I, I feel like I'm a witch, but there's just no way I would ever say that in my everyday life, you know, right. or maybe I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with it. And I think as it becomes a little bit more mainstream, that you know, I think it's a little bit easier for women to step into that space again. Totally. And I would love for you to expand because you said it's something that people don't really talk about is the spiritual scarring um, and how that shows up and what that really means. Ooh, that's a big one. Um, well, this is really where it comes down to. I believe that every single woman is crazy psychic, crazy mm. psychic. I think we diminish our abilities by just calling it intuition or gut feeling because yes, of course we have intuition, but that's a really, really watered down version of what our actual gifts are. And our actual gifts are, you, you know, um, clairvoyance, clairaudience, um, seeing and hearing spirit, um, speaking to spirit, mediumship, um, precognition, you know, basically all of the psychic gifts that encompass the third eye, because like I said, the third eye and the womb space are so connected mm -hmm. that we are so much more psychic than men. It's crazy. And <laughs> we don't, you know, we've, we don't embrace it. It's, it's something that like, I think when people think of a psychic, they think of like Madame Cleo from like the nineties, you know, like yeah. with the crystal ball, and, <laughs> you know, call this 1-800 line, you know? Yeah. And, um, and that's really not what it is. It's, I think when we can actually tap into that witchy ability of ourselves, we give ourselves that full permission to heal the spiritual scars because we can actually see them. And I know that like, we talked a little bit about mental illness, um, being a spiritual scar really. Mm -hmm. And when you can acknowledge the scars, when you can see the spiritual and psychic, um, ridges of pain, you can do something about it. It's when we're in denial and we don't have any awareness about that, that we end up living these like kind of karmic cycles over and over and over again. And we can't get out of these loops and we don't know what to do. We've manifested, we've affirmed, we've you know, done all of these spiritual things, but maybe all we need to do is break a spiritual contract that we have with something. And I know with a lot of women, we have a spiritual contract to not be in our third eye because mm -hmm. that means somebody's going to die. That's the story we carry. And so when we break that spiritual contract, all of a sudden we have greater access to our third eye. And then of course, you know, other emotions come up of invalidation and fear and shame and all of that stuff, but it's a process. You work through it. Just like, you know, you unravel an onion, you got to unravel all of the centuries and millennia of crap right. around our psychic gifts. Right. And so how do you break a spiritual contract? It's actually so much easier than I think people realize. One is you have to recognize if you have a spiritual contract with something like that. Um, like, like I said, acknowledgement for women is almost like the greatest psychic gift. The moment that you acknowledge something true about yourself, everything else starts to fall into line, whether it's immediate or it takes a year or whatnot, it's the first step. So mm -hmm. I think acknowledging and, and then really you can do anything. I mean, that's what's so cool about being a witch or being a woman is you can create any kind of thing. If you want to sit in meditation and do a visualization for yourself to break the contract, do that. If you want to do a beautiful ritual under the moon and have something more meaningful and more like, like aesthetic or more physical, do that, you know, right. listen to the guidance of your heart. If you want to dance and do a dance that is like a breaking of the chains and just like put some belly dance music on and just like kind of go nuts in your bedroom. I'm like, do that. Like, that's what's so empowering and cool about being a witch and really being in your power. It's what is, what needs to happen for yourself and that connection. 
Right. Mm, I love that. And I think that there's a lot of ways too that if you were to just listen, it's like intuitive, right? Like kind of like what you were saying, like whatever really, really feels good. You know, like if you're having, oh, I'm feeling blocked in this way, or I'm feeling like I can't speak up when I want to, and just getting curious about that and like tuning in and being like, what do I need to release? Like, what is going to let this go for me? I think that's so huge. And I, and I think a lot of times, um, you know, people that can get super into spiritual development, personal development, um, we can get really rigid within like, oh, it has to be this way or it has to be that way. And there's, and we forget that it's like the power is all in you and what works for you comes from within you. And you don't always have to be guided from an outside source. And I think that's a great place to start. Certainly if you really feel like you don't have any idea what you're doing, but it's like, comes back to really just trusting yourself of like, okay, like I know what's best for me and I'm just going to trust it and go with it. And I think that that's some of the most powerful work that you can do. Absolutely. And that's a journey that doesn't happen overnight. Like we said earlier, like right. you don't get to a place where you're just like, well, I'm in my power now. It's so easy for me to trust myself. You know, like I still constantly have to deal with invalidation. You know, I'll do like a psychic reading and I'll be like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. Should I even say this? And I'll struggle with even speaking about something. Um, so I think it's a lifelong journey. I think there's, it's just part of, you know, emotional maturity and growing and healing, you know, the wounds of the past. And I think knowing your ancestry wounds is super helpful because I know for me, speaking up. So my birth chakra is always an issue. It's always mm -hmm. very tight for me. It's always something I have to work through. And um, invalidation is a huge part of my ancestry of being invalidated and, you know, told, like even in my childhood, told that, no, that's not right. That's not true. That's not how it is, even though I knew in my heart it was. So I think knowing your own personal spiritual themes uh, for yourself and for your ancestry is also a really good place to start to embrace that because then you can see it when it happens. Yeah. And going back to the ancestors, do you have ways where maybe, um, of communicating with your ancestors that aren't here now and how somebody would would be able to do that um because like i know for me and my own family like there's just all kinds of craziness right like i'm sure so many of us but a lot of it is just so um you know hush hush and like nobody's allowed to talk about anything sort of thing and you know everybody is, is full of secrets and all this stuff that can't be talked about and so um you know i've had to do my own work to unpack all of that but i'm wondering like what advice you could give for somebody who's maybe in that position or just feels like i know i need to connect with my ancestors they're not around anymore how would they do that so there's a lot of different ways to do it um I know for me personally, I really love altar work. I think for me, I like to have the physical representation of spirituality, especially because I can be so much in my head all the time. Like I'm a very anxious person as well. And I deal with a lot of anxiety. So to do something where I can get my hands, you know, involved, um, helps me bring, bring me into like the present moment. So for an, I'll, I'll create an ancestor altar. Um, so like I said, I'm eight months pregnant. So when I started my conception journey and I wanted to get pregnant, I created a sacred space in my bedroom that really represented not just my desire to have uh, a baby, but also all of the women that came before me that brought me here. Mm. And so I would put on my altar different things that would represent all of the women that came before, the women that died in childbirth, the women that had, you know, 15 kids, the, you know, the women that didn't want to be mothers, but were forced into motherhood. Mm. I wanted all of my ancestors to be represented uh, because I didn't want any ancestry blocks to block me on my fertility journey. And so what I would do is I just create this beautiful sacred space. I'd light candles, I'd sit and meditate. And, you know, like, I, I like to say that I did it every day. I didn't, it was probably more like once a week, you know, like yeah. when I had time, but yeah, I sat and created a sacred space and meditated with my ancestors and I just asked for any messages to come through or anything that I need to know and just kind of sat and listened. And, um, and that for me was really powerful work. Um, so I love altar work because whenever I'm trying to connect or achieve something, if I make an altar, um, I tend to get my answers. Um, but there's also lots of ways like crystals, you can connect with your ancestry, mm -hmm. different rituals, moon work, um, you know, doing moon water rituals, collecting water at, at the different uh, moon phases. Um, gardening is a really beautiful way to connect with your ancestors because you are connecting with the energy of nurturing and creating life. 
And that is like, especially if you're trying to connect with your matriarchal line, that is basically the energy that has been passed down to you because you wouldn't exist unless somebody nurtured your mother, who nurtured her mother mm -hmm. and, and so on. So connecting to nurturing energy, nurturing a person, nurturing a dog, you know, nurturing plants, just being in that mothery type nurture energy is a wonderful way to connect to ancestors as well. Um, I'm trying to think about other powerful ways. I mean, I just, I, I'm such a, I'm a psychic witch. So meditation is like so huge for yeah. me. I think meditation is huge. And I think too, is like a lot of it is just like acknowledgement and like starting there, acknowledging, you know, oh, wow, there's women in my line that have come before me. Maybe they have messages for me and like remaining open to that. Absolutely. And, and that is so, so huge. And I think, I mean, overall, like if you are going to do one tool for the rest of your life, it's like, it has to be meditation. It has to be just opening yourself up to a place of I, I'm just going to be here and I'm just going to receive what needs to be received. And I think that that is such a beautiful, beautiful practice. Absolutely. I teach a course called Meditation Mondays, which is about um, clairvoyant meditation. So mm. it's not just about being open, but really flexing the third eye muscle, because that's something that, you know, we're kind of wimpy when it comes to our third eye. And yeah. when we get images and we get information, sometimes we don't trust it. I mean, I know a lot of us don't trust it. And we're like, wow, I had this crazy dream. Oh, but it was just a dream. And right. we, we invalidate ourselves. And the more we invalidate our own visions and our own connection, the harder it is for us to get to that place of empowerment. So in that course, I teach like very much about how to validate yourself through clairvoyant tools. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm all yeah. about meditation. <laughs> that's, and that's really powerful too, because I think it is, it is such a practice to learn that and to learn that trust and to learn like, oh, I'm actually doing something here. You know, like this is, this actually means something and learning to trust yourself above all else and above logic. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible word logic is. <laughs> <laughs> logic and realistic are two words that I'm like, get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't live here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love this conversation so much. And I do want to ask you three final questions. Okay. So one is tell everybody uh, where they can find you, um, easiest place to find you, what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think I'm on Instagram most these days. So you can find me at witch and womb um, on Instagram. And on there, you'll see a link to my online sisterhood portal, which is basically a safe, sacred space outside of social media for mm. women to connect and talk about these kind of things. Because I know if anybody's like me, on your social media, you have a lot of connections to family members and judgment and opinions and things like that. And so social media can kind of get dirty and yucky. So this is like a clean spiritual space where you can come, be witnessed, um, explore, share, connect with other like-minded women and without judgment, all the cattiness that sometimes comes, you know, with oh, yeah. women's groups. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Okay. And two is what are you the most excited about right now that you're creating and doing? So I am so excited. Well, one, I'm about to have a baby in a month. So I'm like very <laughs> excited about that. Um, but also I just released a book called Labor Like a Goddess. And Beautiful. it's a fearless guide to preparing for the seven gates of transformation in pregnancy and birth. And um, I'm also a birth and postpartum doula. And this book has been such a labor of love, pun intended, <laughs> um, about like things that we don't prepare for in labor, um, which are the emotional and physical and um, spiritual and psychological sacrifices that show up. And so this book really walks you through it. But it's funny because I wrote this book for birth, but most women who read it are like, this is a life book. This isn't a birth book. And I have women who are like in their crone phase that are in their 50s, 60s. And they're like, I do all of the exercises because it's so powerfully transformative. And really the book is about going through the gates of transformation. So any transformation in life, um, you can apply it. So even if you're not Beautiful. pregnant, it works. Labor like a goddess. I love it. And what a beautiful cover too. Thank you. And the last thing, if you are on a balcony and there's all these beautiful women below you and you have like one second just to yell out something to them, what is it that you say? Ooh, I say be brave. Be brave enough to be yourself. Beautiful. 
and and we'll, we're just going to end up that sisters if you absolutely loved this conversation please share it with another witchy goddess that needs to hear this message needs to know she is not alone it is all okay let us know that you're listening you can tag alex at witch and womb on instagram you can catch me at miss ms kelly Kristen. and i love you so much alex thank you so much for being here you're an absolute pleasure oh thank you so much for having me this is really fun anytime all right sisters we'll talk to you soon Hey sister, thank you so much for joining me today. If you know another woman that needs to hear this message, I ask that you please share it. And if you absolutely loved what you heard today, I would so appreciate if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes as it helps us to spread the message and grow the community. And that is our number one goal. So if you have not already, join us in the Woman Unleashed Collective on Facebook. This is a safe sisterhood to connect with like-minded women and get all the support you need in your journey to live life unleashed. Until next time, sisters, live life a little more boldly and create some magic.